0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It's our custom sometime in the late Trinity season to talk about tithing, or giving money to support the ministry of the Church. This month is the 36th anniversary of my coming to St. Matthew's. So that's 36 years of talking about this subject at this time. I've never said anything new or different. Father Joe Miller once said that the word preach comes from a Latin word which means to say again. All preaching is a call to remember. There are three biblical ways that God calls people to give. The first is the call to tithe from our income to support the ministry of the church. The second is to make periodic appeals for offerings beyond the tithe to support various needs and missions. The third is that every decade or so we have a capital campaign to build something. We are currently developing our site plan and are probably a year or two away from our next one of those. These categories of giving are all rooted in the Bible. God called Israel to tithe to support the ministry of the temple. See Leviticus 2730. God called Israel to be generous to the poor and needy beyond the tithe. See Deuteronomy 1511. And Israel gave special offerings to build the tabernacle. See Exodus 35, 21 through 24. These various offerings enabled Israel to participate in God's economy of abundance and blessing. And this participation is rooted in the theology of the Trinity. God is a trinity of love. He is full and complete within himself, so much so that his love naturally overflows into acts of giving. He created the world in order to share his love with the creation. He gave his son to redeem the world. God is never diminished by his giving. As God gives, his kingdom grows. God called Israel to follow his example. As Israel faithfully imitated God, Israel was increased, not diminished. When Israel did not honor God with their tithe and the poor with their gifts, Israel ceased to prosper. See Malachi 3, verses eight through 10, and Exodus 22, verses 29 through 31, for example. Failure to imitate God removed Israel from the economy of God's abundance and blessing and returned her to the zero-sum game of the world where people compete with each other for the scarce resources of money and happiness and there never is enough to go around. This same pattern prevails in the church. Monetary giving is an expression of the offering of our whole life to God. We say in the liturgy, here we offer and present unto the O Lord ourselves, our souls, and our bodies to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice. Our Eucharistic offering won't mean much if it is isolated from the rest of our life if my daily life for prayer leads me to love God and love neighbor in my daily activities, then my Sunday offering embodies the commitment of my entire life. However, if my daily life is lived in the anxious pursuit of mammon, with regular moral compromises to do what I need to do to get by in the world, then my Sunday offering is empty. If I earn my money dishonestly, or by doing something that is not good, or if I regularly do not give my best effort to God and others in my work, then my tithe is tainted. The man in the gospel without a wedding garment is a warning against separating our religion from our daily life. The scene in the gospel illustrates the judgment at the end of time. The singled-out man represents someone who was in the church, but whose life was not changed by the gospel. The clothing imagery, the lack of wedding garment, connects with some imagery from last week's epistle from Ephesians. St. Paul exhorted us to fulfill our baptismal vocation, saying, Put off! Concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. This change of clothes, this putting off of the old and putting on of the wedding garment, is a daily activity. Each day we put off by confession our failures to love. Each day we receive the grace of forgiveness in a new way. Each day we put on Christ through prayer and good works done in love. This daily manner of life makes our Sunday offering and our tithe acceptable sacrifices to God in Christ. The epistle picks up this theme from another perspective when it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil in the sense that time, left to itself, will naturally cause us to drift away from Christ, as it apparently did to the man in the gospel. We must purposely structure our time with faithful habits and patterns that center our lives in Christ. This is the purpose of disciplines of prayer. Rather than simply getting up and letting the emotions of the day take us where they will, we purposely begin the day by offering the sacrifice of praise in morning prayer. After the temptation to drift during the day, we come back to God in the evening office. Tithing is part of this faithful pattern of life. When we receive our money, we offer the first and best to God. This habitually orients our money towards the glory of God and towards his kingdom. There are practical points to address in tithing. First, we never talk about tithing in merely budgetary terms. We need so much money for the budget if everyone will give a little bit more, we can meet the need. In the Bible, God calls his people to offer their first and best to him to support the ministry. The result of faithful giving is that both the giver and the church have the resources they need and more. When giving is removed from the call to faithfulness and reduced to a merely worldly attempt to balance a budget, we regress from the abundance of the kingdom to the dearth of the world. Second, there is the issue of what the tithe is. Tithe literally means tenth. Now, there are objections to giving a literal tithe or a tenth. Some objections come from people who think seriously about the subject, and some objections are rooted merely in doubt and fear. I've never stopped preaching about literal tithing for one simple reason. I've seen what happens when people practice it. I've never heard a strong objection to tithing from anyone who has actually practiced a discipline for an extended period of time. God is always faithful. Nonetheless, the church is composed of people with a range of spiritual maturity, life circumstances, and commitment. Those who do not yet tithe can move in the direction of faithful giving by following two principles. One, the offering we make to God should be the first thing we give. The first and the best, not some of what is left over. The story of Cain and Abel, the first offering in the Bible in Genesis chapter four, verses three through five, illustrates this principle. Giving the first and best is how we acknowledge God's ownership of everything we have, and it is the way God puts his blessing upon the rest. Two, what we give should be a real sacrifice that expresses real faith. Faith always involves some apparent risk. As Hebrews says, verse chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. It should also be noted that for some, an offering in faith may be more than a tithe. A third and final practical point about money is that we shouldn't freak out about it. The mere mention of money makes some people anxious and defensive. But Jesus said in Matthew 6, Don't worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or, What shall we drink? Or, What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you consider your personal situation prayerfully and faithfully and respond in faith to what God calls you to do, God will be faithful to provide for you and God will give you his peace in the place of the anxiety of the world. In the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, But each one gives, the purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having a sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.